America Meditating Radio Show. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. Hi, everyone. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. We bridge divides, we seek deeper meaning, and we answer life's most compelling questions from experts around the world. Because in a world of uncertainty and division within and out, we will need answers right here, right now. Join me and guests on America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar, the number four, children.org. To find out more information about our endeavors, and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Are you in need of a tech service company that's going to deliver the best solutions for your business? Then Atonica is your solutions headquarters. Here we specialize in your individual needs to make sure your business shines. For more information, please call 301-417-0070 or visit us at our website at atronica.net. Atronica, where we deliver for you. Are you stressed, frustrated, or annoyed at work? You don't have to be. Soothe your mind and open your heart as Sister Jenna guides you through a peaceful, calming meditation that will prepare you to focus, be present, and most importantly, bring you back to your inner peace. the miracle of you. 
consciously or unconsciously. So please, my friends, I'd like to turn to you to support this worthy cause, and we're sponsoring everything, and we are happy to do that without anything in return other than minds a little bit more percolated and a little bit more elevated than they were before. It's no secret we're not experts at social media, but I'm absolutely fantastically great with live friends. So for those of you who are good at social media, I'm going to turn to you to see what you can do to support this cause. We are here to love each other the same. And as challenging as that might be, it still gives us an opportunity to be able to stay the chart course and to learn more about who we are and what we are. So as you all know, Little Happy is our mascot in the studio. And we all just came back from a golfing trip on Fisher Island. And she still wants to be hanging out with me in the studio, acting like she's running on the beach. And we're not going to have that today. So anyway, so you might hear her in the background, and so I'm happy that she is happy. <laughs> but without further ado, I'd like to invite our beloved Sister Gita to read us something very poetic and very beautiful for the show today. So stay tuned. We're going to have Paul Luftenegger on the air, and we're going to be talking to Paul about life. So, Sitagita. Good day and greetings of peace. Taken from an angel whispered by Patricia Tashiro, the question posed, is there a birth or do we live once and then leave? I hear what you're saying, but what do I believe? Is there a rebirth or do we live once and leave? It's a strange idea, if not taught since birth that we live many times on this great spinning earth. I am open to the idea, but I need a bit of proof, she said to the angel. That's okay. Just look at these youths. Right before my eyes, she showed me a scene of souls whose memories hadn't been quite clean. Their memory from before has slipped through the crack. They will prove to you their souls have come back. They were very young children who had incredible skills and performed far beyond what was within their will. There were many others who, since their early years, had intense and seemingly irrational fears. The angel explained fear came from before, an experience they had had which they they had deplored. It's stuck in their memory, but they don't understand. The same thing happens when you shake another's hand. Have you ever had an instant attraction? The body you don't know, but the soul stirs a reaction in you. The flip side, of course, also happens too. An unexplainable repulsion of someone you have just met. That happened by chance. Your souls have a history. You've known each other before. It is no great mystery. I still wasn't sure. I didn't know what to think. She said, watch this, and told me not to blink. It was a documentary about a young lad who could remember being both a husband and a dad. He knew all of the streets in his former town, but couldn't explain the mark on his crown. He found his old house and his previous wife and shared some secrets they'd had in their life. But it was she who told him about the mark on his head. It was in the same place where he had been shot dead. The trauma had left a mark also on his soul that he had taken with him to play his next role. I said, that's enough. I will open my mind. Angel smiled and said, it will help you to be kind. 
But to fully understand you reap what you sow, please realize this. You won't come back as a crow. Man has used his threat as a method to control, beg your pardon, to get you to believe and behave and do as you're told. But this isn't right. It's a great big mistake. Human souls are always human, for goodness sakes. Although I was not sure about rebirth, I was open to it. But I know that some have strong feelings against it. For me, the most compelling evidence for rebirth are accounts given by children of previous lifetimes. In the film, Life, Death, and Rebirth, Story of Reincarnation, there were numerous accounts of past lives given by small children and open instigation. The details were indeed verified. One such account was given by a young girl who claimed she had been a boy who had been hit and killed by a train. She said that she, as a little boy, had had two little sisters, and the name of her father had been Thomas Benson. The little girl also identified the remains of the home she claimed to have to have lived in as a little boy. Out of curiosity, her mother checked the church registry and found that in 1875, a Thomas Benz who worked on the railway, two surviving daughters, and lived in the home identified by her daughter. Other evidence to support reincarnation comes through past life regression. In some regressions, people begin speaking languages they have never studied and use words that have become obsolete. <laughs> Others have described buildings in great detail in countries they have not visited in their current life and have been able to unearth artifacts that were buried or hidden centuries before. Interestingly, some great philosophers believed in reincarnation. Socrates said, I am, con I am confident, I am so confident that there truly is such a thing as living game, that the living spring from the dead and that the souls of the dead are in existence. Souls are eternal. They never die. The body does, but the soul lives its eternity in different bodies, in different countries, with different relationships. I have experienced that, having gone through a regression that took me back to 48 births. This is Gita speaking. So, life is eternal. So, is eternal. Om Shanti. Wow, that was a big one. Wow. How do I decode that one, Sister Gita? You took us on the poetic journey of soul and birth and rebirth. And, you know, I think that's where it comes to the whole notion as to why certain things happen to certain people. And I think we're all trying to decode all of this, and whether it's something that might seem traumatic, uh, just could be just, just, you know, passed on due to whatever, I think there is still some very deep mystery there where we are all incarnating to really learn to love and expand and to be able to let our hearts uh, flow more. So with that poem, which I think was quite, a, quite an interesting uh, process, uh, why don't we take just a moment of reflection and silence and hold the line because we're going to get Paul left to Negger on shortly and have a wonderful heart-heart conversation with Paul. So take a deep breath, relax, and let's clear our mind. A clear mind. Taking just a minute 
I turn my attention inwards. I silently observe my thoughts. Each thought, a ripple on the surface of a lake. I gently remind myself, I am like that deep, tranquil lake. As my mind touches tranquility, I allow calmness to wash over me. Clearing the mind, returning me to my true peaceful nature, I allow peace to flow into my actions. from the Just a Minute Meditation CD by Sister Genti and with Clearing Mind. The American Meditating Radio is happy to welcome Paul Leftenegger, who is an international multi-award winning singer and songwriter. Paul writes music to inspire and promote global love and kindness from within. He's a leader in his new genre of music that he calls Conscious Healing Music to empower the listener's heart and soul to thrive more towards self-love. Paul dedicated his entire album, Love Expanding Love, to our friend Oprah Winfrey, an own television network, as a way to thank Oprah and her team for their contribution to our world, creating conscious television that caters to the heart and soul opening within. Paul is a guest speaker and volunteer contributor with the Canadian Mental Health Association and has been honored by the Premier of Ontario, Canada, for his work with suicide awareness. Today, we're honored to welcome Paul to the American Meditating Radio. Paul, welcome to the American Meditating Radio. Hi, Sister Jenna, and hi, everyone listening. Yes, um, I know that was quite an interesting intro, and I'm so glad that you're mm. doing the work that you're doing in that particular area because it is so need now more than ever before. Wouldn't you agree? Mm. 100%, absolutely, and um, it's an honor. Mm. I listened to your songs um, the other day, and I got a little bit scary eye Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know and I know that uh, we're all healing. There's no one mm-hmm. here that isn't, I don't think. I think we've all come here to heal and to work together to do that. So um, my music is really to open up the heart within, and uh, it's, it's the intention of everything that I do. So that's probably why, and it's common. So I think it's great to release it is true. It is true. Um, your focus is a lot on global love. And, you know, sometimes mm. we talk about fixing the world or expanding, you know, cures for the world, but it starts with ourselves. When we look at global love and self-worth, mm. what does Paul understand that be for himself? Well, I have learned in my life um, that we all have fears. Um, What happened for me is that I didn't realize how paralyzing my fear was to me. And my life changed in a moment and everything changed. So for me, I really awoke in a moment the day that my father passed away by suicide. And um, what happened for me is I realized that if I wanted to have a life that was, you know, whole again after being broken open, 
um, I needed to heal myself. And I, I learned as I healed myself, um, I became my highest self in manifest, but more and more and more each day. And music was my catalyst. And I, you know, I was in music when I was a child. And I realized from healing this, the wounded child that really was scared um, within me, I realized something very profound. And it was that I really, I kind of was blind. And then I had seen kind of my life. And I did a review on my life, a life review. And um, I realized in order to help the world, I had to be my highest self and manifest, which is all loving as best I could. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect at that when we trip on fear, you know, just recentering each day with a spiritual practice. And for me, that's music. And that's where I find God personally. Um, And I decided to start sharing that with the world. Beautiful and timely too, because I think that you know we're here to heal. Because there's a long story. There's a lot of stories sitting inside of our beings, and it all ends up in love. Like it all is it's supposed to morph into love. And the more we can offer love to the body, love mm. to mind, love in relationships, love in nature, I think we're going to settle whatever inner debt that is sitting there in the subconscious. Mm. Your international record called Love Expanding Love was funded by your fans through a Kickstarter campaign. Mm-hmm. It's garnered a lot of praise and interest in some of the most major hearts in our world, which includes even Oprah Winfrey in the New York Times bestseller. That must have been a very moving experience for you. What was that like for you? Well, I have to say I, I had, you know, it's interesting when the universe starts communicating with you and you're conscious of it um, because, it, you know, it's very obvious once you kind of wake up to that energy, that vibration. And what's interesting is someone had contacted me. I really didn't have enough money to do this album at that time. And someone had contacted me really and said to me, you know, you should do a Kickstarter. And I think part of the thing that I I realize now is that when the universe communicates with us, we we have to listen. (laughs) So I did. And I was very scared kind of asking for money, to be quite frank. And um, I just kind of decided, well, you know what, I trust the universe and I'm just going to surrender to that statement that was given to me about that I should do a Kickstarter. And what's so interesting is within really um, a matter of just a few days, I had all of the money that I needed to do that album. And it taught me something that I needed to learn. And it was to trust in the process of the universe and how it works. And that's, you know, when that happened, then I went into the studio, recorded it. And what's so interesting is that when people get involved with something, they also are part of the creation energy of it. So they share it and we become a community and music, which I didn't really realize brings people together and it's a community. And I've created this community and co-created this community with people all around the world and people have become friends because of music and you know when we hold hands with love we kind of open an opportunity of uh, love expanding so the name of it even is why I, I felt very drawn to call it love expanding love because we do become that as our highest self I love that I love that very much because it's very clear that that's what we're looking to amplify in the world is more of the remembrance, the remembrance, and not only the remembrance, but the experience of what it's like to live a love-filled existence at this time. Many people are talking about oneness and the global community at large. And based on your work with international charities to advance social awareness issues like equality and human rights, what progress do you feel has really been made? And are you pretty optimistic about the direction that we're going in our world today? I am so optimistic. There's always the silver lining. And what I realize is that the universe is a genius. And I think and feel very deeply that we need to honor the genius within ourselves. We are the ones we've been waiting for. I believe that very much. 
And the world in my, you know, when I was a child, it was very different than today. But I know that we've made huge leaps forward, really just even communicating with one another around the world. And what I realized is intention. When you set an intention with love and you expand that every day with your spiritual practice in your life and, you know, for you with meditation, with me, with meditation, with reflection and contemplation, with the heart space, what's very interesting is that we actually really leap forward very fast and we become really the creators that are creating the new world, which is loving. And we just have to realize the power of intention and that potential energy. And I know in my music, it has taught me this. You know, I didn't know this once upon a time. And um, now that I know it, it's like you can't change back once you realize actually how easy it is to expand love once you just make the choice of that intention of the mind, actually. And that's through love. And that's through that spiritual practice every day that you kind of take a moment for yourself to love yourself so that your cup can fill up and overflow flow into the world and the life that you're creating and co-creating. So I have every hope of this world and I know that this world's getting better every day. We're all healing and then healing the world. Are you there? I love what you just said because I think that we have to live in our future form now. Like what we are looking to walk into our tomorrows, we have to model the experience and the vibrations of that now because if we don't, we're going to be pulled in a back, an old paradigm or just an Mm -hmm. old sense of beating ourselves, which is really, I would say, contributing to a very gray or very dark sense of consciousness. You released an album entitled The Miracle of You in partnership with best-selling author Anita Morjani. Could you tell us a little bit about the album and how the partnership actually um, emerged? Absolutely. Um, so The Miracle of You is really, it's my fifth album. And um, what happened for me is Anita Morjani um, was coming actually to my hometown of London, Ontario. And at the time, I was actually living in London, England, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> And um, we started communicating through Twitter. And essentially, I just felt very much, again, the universe, you know, is always speaking to us. And, you know, are we listening is the question. And I just, I knew internally that there was something that was opening in that opportunity. And she invited me to actually share her stage in London, Ontario, which is my hometown. And I had meditated that I could start this music from my hometown. So then it showed up through Anita. And right very soon after, my team on the other side started communicating with me, which happens with my music. And really, a song fell out of me very fast called Anita. And I went to the studio to record it to surprise Anita. And um, when I met her, a few months later, when she came to the hometown of you know my youth, I actually flew back to London, Ontario from London, England. And we met and we just knew instantly that we had to do something. And she had been a huge fan of my work, which I didn't know um, how much. And she said that she, you know through a challenging time that she was going through at that part of her kind of move to L.A., she actually said that my music was very helpful to her. And we had this beautiful moment and really just over a couple of days and a lunch and performing Uh, together essentially Um, we decided to do this album together and it's inspired from her book which has sold you know well over a million copies from my understanding and it's in 47 languages and it's you know it grows every day because it's loving and kind and um, it's basically an album that is all about honoring the miracle of oneself. Paul how are you today what what's at the top of Paul's realization list of late? Well, I can tell you, um, I've had a really, really intense, I know I listened to an interview of yours and you've had some intense energy and there's been some intense energies these last little few weeks, I would say. Actually, last week I went to a funeral for myself, like basically for a friend of mine um, and I went myself, by myself, and I've never been to a funeral on my own. And the same day, actually, um, that 
I had, I've never had this where two people passed away on the same day. And one was actually a fan of mine who had purchased, I think, a, quite a stack of albums of this miracle of you. And she had passed away while her order was in process. So I had this very odd week where two people passed away, one of which was someone that had ordered my, my music. And that was very um, emotional for me. And I realized through that what a blessing her life was. And I really took some time to reflect on her life. And um, she was using my music in really her, her cancer treatments um, and sharing it with people. And it was just so touching. So that was one thing that I, you know, I really... I'm learning and growing and learning how to be me, I would always say. I'm learning how to kind of be me. <laughs> and then this other funeral that I went to had happened to be actually um, right around the corner from my home in London, Ontario. So I went to this funeral and um, it reminded me of how beautiful and how important it is to celebrate life. And it reminded me of when my father passed away that I really, you know, suicide is a very sad um, space to be in and to heal from. It's very intense. It's a trauma. But the thing that's interesting that I've realized over the past five years in my own healing and doing what I do, I also realized that we must celebrate life. <laughs> and when someone passes away, we celebrate their whole life, not how they died. And I really felt that energy kind of resurface and almost graduated, I felt, from the healing space that I had really had to go through to become who I am. So to answer your question, you know, that's kind of what I've been going through personally. And, you know, that spiritual practice, I sing every day to center myself. And that's where I sit with God as, as close as I can. <laughs> and it's where I find that solace. And it's through music for me. Mm, that's so beautiful. I know it's, it's always quite an interesting experience to travel through transitions of very close people or even people who are close to us that have um, had a mm -hmm. transition kind of never know what to say and yet it's the inevitable like each one of us will go through that experience and so i think that's one of the reasons why i keep looking for deeper clarity on why we're here and what is the mm -hmm. soul and and how the soul relates through the body and etc etc <laughs> so um, absolutely you've been, <laughs> you've been doing some really great stuff at, in addition to music you are participating in an arts program within the public school system and I would love to find out a little bit more, like, why are art programs really essential for youths today? What I realized um, in my own life, because everything's a reflection, I realized music kind of saved, I would say, saved me and healed me in a way that I needed it to. And I, you know, I know that there's a divine design to life. Um, for me, music and expression and creation is so important because... We have to realize that we are creators, I think, ultimately. And um, music for me and arts and, you know, those sorts of expressions of the heart, art and heart are, in, you know, the same word is in the heart, art. And I really feel that when you, when you heal, you actually have to open your heart in order to, to have that healing creation energy. And I think in school today, you know, with the media coupled with the technology for kids, I personally feel very very much that part of my mission is to remind the world that children need to have an outlet to create. And, you know, our world is very good at technology, you know, kind of uh, making the mind busy, but actually making something and creating something reminds us that we are creators, which is why I think it's important to really, really make sure that we take care of those programs in our schools so that children have the outlet to be creators and to remind children that they can create and that it's an internal process and that within space comes to life through creation. So 
I think that that's why for me art is so important and to keep it very healthy in schools. And there's always the risk, you know, you always hear the, the news and media saying they're trying to cut the arts, cut the arts. And quite frankly, they should be funding them more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that that what you're on is something very important. We are definitely observing the youth of today, wondering what are their social skills like, you know, how are they really relating mm-hmm. And through art, definitely, I think, we tend to find the beauty in the soul. I remember it. I don't know where I heard it all. But I think that if there, there was a saying that was, uh, if there isn't art, there wouldn't be any beauty. Something like that. But yeah. I remember how profound yes. it was. And it's true that if we begin to move away from being a little bit more artistic in terms of these areas, I'm not quite sure what beauty would be left on the planet. Paul, mm. you are uh, a beautiful contribution to our humanity and our continued best wishes and pure feelings for all the good that you're doing in the world. And call us if you're ever in D.C. coming through and do a presentation at the museum. Because I do not I would love to have you there. I would so love to have you here. I would love to meet you, and I know that I will. I know I will give you a hug one day. I feel it in my heart. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And I'm a hugging sister. So before I let <laughs> you go, um, share with us maybe a life quote that you're living by currently and a website where individuals find out more information about you. Absolutely. So first, I'll just, uh, so I don't forget, I'll give you my website. So it's www.beekindness.com with the idea of pollination. So it's bekindness, like the bumblebee.com. So bekindness.com. And um, a quote that I'm living by right now is really, you know, it's an open mantra, I would say. And it's just that the universe is opening its vaults for you. And I really believe that that, you know, that is a really beautiful reminder that the universe is actually helping you to thrive and to acknowledge that kind of my, really my mantra going forward. Mm, It's so beautiful. Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the air today. And do come back if you've got anything that's really incredible that you'd like to share with the community. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love you, Sister Jenna. Me too. Take good care. All the best. You too. Bye-bye. So we should use our lives to heal. I mean, whatever it might be, our karmic unfolding, there's a choice. We can lay down as a victim and accept that it shouldn't have happened and, and this how it should have been and why did my life turn out. And yes, it was traumatizing and yes, it was brutal and yes, it was unfortunate. But there's a reason for everything. It's not happened to us because of no reason. There is a reason for everything that emerges in our lives. And so we are learning to amplify love or expanding love, as Paul had mentioned in the conversation. And that's my call to all of you as well, um, that we need to challenge our ability to love more and to love fully, perhaps maybe more than we ever have. Hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we are here to love each other the same. So let's do that. I'm going to end today's show with uh, one of the songs by Paul, which is called My Heart. So hopefully you'll be able to support this wonderful young man's work in our world. Take care, everyone.
Oh 